I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. What's up, guys? Hope you're feeling alive right now. I'm Micah Keneally, and I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young young adults in our world today. And today, and like always, I'm joined with my husband and co-host, Josiah. Josiah, how are you feeling today? Doing great. It's a great morning. How are you, babe? I'm doing great. You know what I've done? I already went to Target. I had a tea and Josiah had his pumpkin spice latte. So the world is in good standings as of now. So PTL for PSL, for sure. (laughs) So Josiah, we have an incredible guest that we get to spend some time with this morning. And I don't want to take any more of that time because we've been so excited to continue this conversation and who is on the other side of this today. We're, we're in season five now of the Young Adults Today podcast and we're joined by Brad Jones. Brad is the pastor of the Passion City Church 515 location. Together, he and his wife, Brittany, have been a part of Passion Movement for over a decade, helping carry the heartbeat of Passion Conference and Passion City Church. They live in Atlanta with their two children, Caleb and Addie. Brad's a leader of leaders. Our paths got to cross about two years ago, and so glad that they did. And Brad, welcome to the show. Thanks for saying yes. Man, Micah and Josiah, it's great to be on Young Adults today. Thank you so much for having me. Such an honor. I do, I hate to bring this up such early on, but Micah, you mentioned Josiah had a a pumpkin spice latte, and I'm pretty sure it's August 27th. And I I don't know, for all you listeners out there, it seems to me a little early to be having, uh, early in the year to be having a pumpkin spice latte. Brad, I thought the same thing, but if you go to Hobby Lobby, they have Christmas in July, so I'm not going to complain. The best of both worlds are colliding around here. The Lord said this morning that leaders lead the way. They adopt things early and often, and we're blazing a trail. We're pioneering a new path, and it's called the season of fall. Praise the Lord for pumpkin spice. Oh, mercy. I agree, brother. No. <laughs> Halloween would be my first pumpkin spice. I got to wait till about October, to be quite honest with you. Oh my gosh. Well, Nothing are- says not, uh, pumpkin sp- spice latte, like 90 degree weather in the middle of August. It's like, yeah. oh, I need me. I need me a hot pumpkin spice fall tasting latte. Well, yes, you usually Lord. say, do you want that iced tea? He goes, oh no, no, I want that hot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here sweating. I'm like, okay, where's my iced tea? Throw some lemonade in there. Oh my gosh. Well, Brad, we are so thrilled to get to spend some time with you to hear what God's doing in and through you and your ministry and the position and authority that God has given you over so many different things. So we're just going to kick off right away for the listener who may not know you. Will you start off by sharing maybe some of your story, the journey of life, faith, leadership, family, and anything else you want to do with, feel free to, you know, share with us this morning. Yeah, well, thanks for the kind introduction again and the welcome. Um, I think Josiah got it and a little bit of the words about me, but my wife, Brittany, and I are are really humbled and privileged to get to carry um, the banner of Jesus through the expression of passion and Passion City Church. Today's actually our ninth anniversary, and so we have been married. I moved to Atlanta um, a little bit over 11 years ago trying to do all the math, met Brittany the very first week I moved to town. One of my friends organized a dinner with some of his friends, and she was there with her boyfriend, Brad. And that's uh, how we met. Me, 
And my now wife, Brittany, was sitting next to her at the time, boyfriend Brad. I kind of said, hey, man, the new Brad's in town. You're going to have to go. And no, I, I didn't I didn't say that. But um, we, we've been married for nine years. Wow. I was a youth pastor um, at a church in Texas, at a real small church. And I know a lot of ministry leaders or aspiring ministry leaders are listening to this podcast. And, you know, just to jump right in, honestly, uh, Micah, Josiah, with some of the thoughts about like leading in ministry. Um, for me, people like, how'd you get to passion? And like, what, like, did you send in your re- resume? Like, how did you get that job? How are you doing what you're doing? And um, yeah, I, I grew up in Texas worked for a camp ministry. And then for randomly, I said yes to being a teaching pastor at a 300 person uh, church, which if you know anything about that size of church, they, the, the pastor was younger. They didn't need a teaching pastor. Like I, I they gave me that title to kind of like woo me in. Like, and it sounded like I'm a teaching pastor at the age of 25, you know, but like a week or two after I got there, the youth pastor left and they're like, any who could look after the youth and i'm like i'm the 25 year old single dude that did youth ministry i was like i guess i'll do it and you know it's crazy i never thought i wanted to be a youth pastor or a young adult pastor but i was at this i didn't even know if i wanted to work at a church Um, but i was at this church and god put a, a burden on my heart and i just did i gave it all i had it wasn't for fame i wasn't trying to climb the ladder i wasn't you know it was before the the uber social media influx i wasn't trying to posture the world i just loved these students loved their families it was 300 people at the church 100 people on a good week in the youth group you know and that was a really really good week there were some weeks that it's like 13 people showed up at the thing i planned i'm like why am i here what did i do wrong but it was from that that um my boss at that church it's a long story. I hope everyone's following, you know, but my, my boss at that church was very well connected to passion. And he really believed that God was leading me to join the passion team. So he kept telling the passion team about me, me and Louie and Shelly and uh, had, had some great history together through camp ministry. It's kind of at the right place, right time. Passion was going on a world tour in 2008 and they asked me to help with one of the cities I said, yes, I would be so honored to help with Manila, Philippines, to do an event for 18 to 25-year-olds in the Philippines. But I said, if you need me to do the whole thing, I'm single. I, I've you know, fulfilled my commitment at the church. They would bless me in helping. And they're like, I told them that, just kind of going on a whim, thinking, you know, I don't know. And they were like, well, thank you. Uh, thank, thanks for saying that. And I was like, well, hey, at least I said it, you know. The next day, they called back and said, we're wow. being serious. And I went to be on the world tour, ended up becoming Louis' right-hand guy, served directly under him, still do, but was just his navigator. Like I just helped him in life for five years. And then in through that, I've just taken on more leadership at the church and in the movement. But you know what the thing is, Micah, Josiah, for me, uh, the biggest lesson from all of that is, yes, I'm at a well-known church. I'm at a well-known movement. Um, in the world standards, according to ministry, maybe, I, I don't know, I, I've made it, but um, I'm so grateful that I realized that God called me to be a pastor in anonymity and at a, at a place where I wasn't trying to get the attention. I was just pouring my heart out 
And I, I realized that I loved student ministry. I loved young adult ministry. I loved being a pastor. And now that I'm in maybe a more visible position of leadership, I'm still a local church guy. And mm-hmm. I love the expression that we have at Passion City Church. I love the opportunity, the stewardship. I love the leadership. But at the end of the day, I just love the local church. Mm-hmm. And God really confirmed that in me in Arlington, Texas in 2006. But it's really helped me here all the way in 2020. Fred, that's amazing. I think your heart of the shepherd's heart just really shines. And as young leaders, um, God's called us to be a shepherd under the shepherd. And I think that it's so important that we just understand our why, understand on the toughest days when maybe 13 people came or maybe three people came, that you know why you're doing what you're doing and that it is significant it does matter. It is making a difference. And what I'm curious to dive into, Pastor Brad, is just a section on values and vision. Because I think that any leader at a church of any size leading a vision of any kind can understand and relate that there's some things that they need to value in order to steward the vision that God's given them. Maybe it started like, you know, you were a young pastor and God just sealed it in your heart that you needed to serve in student ministry, invest in the next generation. But can you share some of the heartbeat of Passion City Church and Passion Conferences and maybe dive into some of the, the values that Louie and Shelley and yourself and Brittany and the team at Passion carry? Because I think that sometimes hearing what other people have discovered as their values um, helps us maybe determine and discover what our own values are in carrying that vision. Yeah, no, great question. I think when people think about passion and maybe would try to put words to what we value, um, they they might miss it a little bit because you just think large and big and, you know, different things, which there's nothing wrong with that. We're grateful for that stewardship. But, you know, at the end of the day, passion has been rooted in the same verse since the very beginning. Isaiah 26, 8. Yes, Lord, walking in the way of your truth. We wait eagerly for you, for your name and your renown are the desire of our souls. And so, yes, we've been privileged to have a collegiate moment, a collegiate movement. Yes, we've been privileged to have worship music come out of our house. But at the end of the day, we actually deeply value theology above all else. Our understanding of God and what we, we feel like God's called us to continue to elevate is this desire for people, this calling, this invitation, this uh, purpose that we've all been given to live our lives for what matters most, live our lives for what lasts forever, um, to have our lives consumed not with our own glory, but for God's glory, his renown, his yeah. fame, his name being known in and through our lives, right? And so at the end of the day, our highest value is to lift up Um, what we believe is to call a generation to live for God's glory. And that's thankfully becoming more of the conversation. You hear that a lot more, but I wasn't around when passion started, but I also know when my pastor Louie and Shelly started it, that was a pretty foreign concept. You couldn't find many people outside of Minnesota's own John Piper talking about God's glory. But um, what we believe is, and you'll see it for yourself as you read God's scripture, right? Like as you read the Holy scripture, it's on every page. Uh, I do this for my name's sake or people praying, you know, on behalf of your great name. It, God cares about his name because his name is the name above every name. 
And so he's invited us to care uh, about that name above all other names as well. And so that would be our highest value. Of course, um, we do believe in extravagant worship, that it is something special when people come together. Don't neglect together the gathering of the saints and the great assembly. There is power in being in the presence of God with the people of God, singing the praises of God. Yeah. But that's also just one side of the worship coin, right? Worship is also moving towards the last and least of these uh, to bring about justice and to bring about a lifestyle that reflects the God whom we serve. And, uh, you know, I think for that, uh, it, it all is rooted in the radical grace of Jesus. So those would be like our values, our, our anchors. You know, when it comes to our conferences, just a long answer. Uh, we do value uh, bringing our very best at church or our conferences we want to inspire we want to be on the the cutting edge the the forefront right we don't want the church to be oh the lame thing over in the corner that everybody thinks that that's just a bunch of like mundane christians that put their half best effort into something you know we want to bring our best we believe in excellence we want to be intentional and design things. We want to speak with our creativity. That's not necessarily my strong suit, but it is with people on our team. And, and we also want to gather people, you know, from all different streams. So when we do a conference, we love that there's people from all 50 States, uh, dozens and dozens of countries, but also different theological streams because we love that gathering together of people that are it's centered on the name of Jesus, yeah. right? united around the name of Jesus. So those are a few of the things that we we value. I think that's amazing. And just so you know, like Josiah has been to several passion conferences. Mm -hmm. I've been able to attend them. And it's just been so amazing to see that what you just said is evident of how you guys sure. function um, and team up with Father, Son, Holy Spirit, how you guys team up with each other, how you guys, um, Brad, are you are a, you know, you're holding up the arms of a Moses in a sense that you are helping this machine run because from the conference to a Sunday service, we've experienced both. And it's so exciting to go there. And one thing that we really see in young adults that we're working with, whether they're leaders or young adults themselves, they are hungry. They're hungry for everything you just said. They're hungry for excellence. They're hungry for um, God's glory to be a true generation that seeks his face, yeah. the face of God, not just the hand of God of what he can provide. And even just asking the next question, taking it like a bigger view of God, Brad, can you go there for listeners and share about the vastness of God and all of his glory? Like what has he revealed to you in your lifetime of serving him? Wow. Uh, talk about a big question, right? You know? <laughs> we're going deep. Um, we're going deep. You know, I think for, for me, let me give you my 20 point sermon on God's glory really quickly. Cause I can just pull that out of my back pocket at any point. So if you're listening to this, uh, be thanking yourself. This is what I'm doing is stalling right now, by the way, for everybody that's uh, wondering what's happening. No. Um, I got to preach a few months ago on God's glory. It was my, my uh, first sermon during quarantine uh, that went not just to our church, but went to people all over the world with an empty room, speaking to a camera. And then also Louis said, why don't you speak about our first anchor, the glory of God? I was like, thank you so much. Uh, aren't we supposed to bring John Piper in? Are you supposed to give this message? Can we just show an old talk? But um, God led me to John 3 when John the Baptist 
you know, everybody was trying to put him in a competition with Jesus. Who was going to baptize more? Who was getting more followers? Who was getting more attention? And John the Baptist had a very clear picture of who he was and who Jesus was. Yeah. Right. And so he said some of the best words that have ever come out of a human's mouth. He must increase yeah. Jesus, right? Jesus must increase and I must decrease. And it's not the word is it might or that, so that maybe or one day it's mm-hmm. he must. Yeah. And that is like the, the, at some point that's the end for all of us. Right. Because this is the, it's an imperative. It's a, it's the ordained will of God that Jesus's name be lifted up and our name uh, fade a bit right into the, because our name doesn't hold a candle to his name. And so then it becomes the question is if every knee is going to bow eventually to the name of Jesus, then why don't we just start bowing now? If that's where all of the arc of humanity is going, then I'm going to choose to bow now. Mm -hmm. And I want to embrace the decrease because in the embracing of the decrease, instead of trying to make it all about me, that's where we find the greatest increase, right? Of fulfillment, of satisfaction, of purpose. And so it's not, does God love, is God, you know, to borrow from some of these people, right? It's not God's egotistical. He loves us deeply. And so he's offering us the very best. Mm -hmm. And so it's this invitation. And I want to, I want to follow in the footsteps of John the Baptist, where that would truly be my heart that I would be able to say uh, uh, every day, Jesus, you increase and help me decrease. And I want to embrace that decrease. Yeah, I think it was countercultural then. And it's countercultural now, the idea of decrease and the idea that John the Baptist had gathered quite a following. And then for him to celebrate the sending of them to maybe another church or another leader like Jesus and, and he knew his place. And for us, when we have that big view of God that you just described, Brad, it's easy to find our place because we're just making a way for Jesus. We're just preparing a way. The king is coming and we just get to carry that thing. We get to prepare the way. And you had mentioned earlier about passion. One of the things that's an anchor too is like college students and the next generation. And so many of the leaders listening to this podcast are boots on the ground. They're in the field. They're laborers. They're working hard, investing their life for the next generation. And they carry maybe a passion of their own for the next generation, a deep burden, a deep anguish, uh, a vision of reaching the next generation for Jesus. And can you talk about forward thinking as a leader and then how to discern maybe the execution of next steps as it relates to vision when when like leaders can see maybe further or learning how to see faster and, and just how God orders our steps as it relates to vision. Yeah. Um, that's also a really great question. The first thing that comes to my mind is I was reading recently, keep in step with the spirit by J.I. Packer. And we honor his life as he recently went to be with Jesus. Um, but it was in a, the chapter on holiness. And I, I feel like I need to read it like three times and take 25,000 notes on it. Cause like every sentence and scripture reference, I'm like, God, that's amazing. But 
it was really challenging to me because it, it was convicting on our first and foremost calling as pastors and leaders isn't uh, isn't to our talent. It, it's more towards our devotion, you know. And I I think in ministry we get too we're too careful to think too much or too quickly. I don't, I'm not saying don't be ambitious or don't be strategic, but don't put more attention on that and your gifting in your talent versus your, your love for Jesus, your heart for Jesus and your desire to look like him, because that's what God wants to bless. Right. And he will even use people that are less talented that have a heart that's on fire with Jesus to spark a greater revival for his glory, I believe. And it's, uh, I think that's our first and foremost calling as pastors and as leaders yeah. is to be somebody worth following. I mean, what a privilege if we're investing in young adults that they would want to live our lives, uh, live their lives and see us as a model. That is a high calling, but we have to be someone worth following. And we have to be somebody worth someone else modeling their life after us. That's a high calling. But at the same time, I think that it comes down to building great team, you know, having people around you that catch the vision that are bought into what you're trying to do. Uh, that doesn't happen overnight, but it's not just a big gathering. It's not just the be the best guest speaker, but I think it's thinking about lift, not just seeing the car, but lifting up the hood and going, is, is there, is there fire, you know, not in a bad way, but is the, is the, is the engine running? Not does just the car look good, but is there fuel in the tank? Mm -hmm. Because if there's fuel in the tank, that's going to carry you a lot further than just, does the paint look good? Right. Right. I think it's a great illustration for anybody to, I mean, we, the car may look all put together on the outside, but is there even an engine inside? Is your relationship with the Lord active? Is, is there, there substance? Yeah is, yeah. is something happening deep within you? And you know what happens inside of us, you know, is going to ooze out the glory of God or it's going to ooze out every bad thing we've been taking in. So uh, we just know that as leaders, we get to lead teams in such a unique, beautiful way. I love how you said that we need to be leaders that are worth following, yeah. which means that we need to be in tune with the spirit. We need to be in step with the word of God. We need to have an immediate obedience when he speaks. Are we going to respond or are we going to ignore those promptings? Are we going to take the opportunities God's given us? Or are we going to look at them as insignificant obligations? And we know that that's good. Yeah. I remember being an intern and like putting up chairs and I'm like, okay, Lord, this is an opportunity, not an obligation. <laughs> so I was taking that humble step of being like, I'm scrubbing the toilets on a Thursday night where all the young adults are going to come in and I'm going to scrub them when they leave. So, I mean, it's just awesome to have walked through that humility and mm -hmm. to lead a team that I'm never a leader um, that is going to ask a teammate to do something that I'm not willing to do by myself or alongside you. Yeah. And yeah, come on. we've heard it said, Brad, that passion is, they say that we is greater than me as it relates to team. And I would love for you to hear why is team building so vital? And what have you learned about ministry teams that you'd be willing to share with us today? Yeah. I mean, it's a, a whole lot to, 
unpack, you know, we, that's a 20, you know, chapter book and I'm still learning a lot. You to should be have honest. that pumpkin spice latte. You'd be awake and ready. Fire away. You know? <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, and to be honest, I don't want to come across as the expert because I'm right. still learning. Absolutely. And yep. I'm giving it my best and I'm doing my best. And if you ask people on our team that I lead or different door holders, you know, they would probably tell you there's the, what Brad does good and here's how he can improve. Mm -hmm. um, I just know that um, one, we is greater than me because it's never really should be about me anyway. Mm -hmm. And so it's about the greater purpose and the ministry. And I, I think it comes down to, you know, humility. Are we serving to make much of ourselves, or are we serving to make much of Jesus? I think it gets really hard, Micah and Josiah, in today's age, to not get caught in the comparison trap. Mm -hmm. Totally within within a team or within the Big C Church. Totally, who gets to speak? Who gets to lead worship? Who gets to sing that song? Who gets to you know be at the front door and not who gets to be at the back door? And it's just trying to keep the heart about it. It's all important. And yes, we want to operate in our giftings. And yes, God does raise people up and he gives people an anointing to lead the church. But it's never been about us anyway. It's like we are all competing. Uh, you know, if we're all, if there's only one head and it's like, we're all competing to be the elbow. And it's like at the end of the day, like, is it worth all wow. of that effort and wow. stress true. and posturing and, you know, concern? It's like, no, I want to be the knee. Let you, I'm the knee. <laughs> You know, it's like, no, remember, Jesus spoke to all of this. There's one body and we're all a part of it and everything matters. Every role matters. And it, it is hard because some gifts get more honor and some gifts get more attention in the church. And um, it, it's, it's a difficult thing. But if we remember, right, I love for me. Um, the guy that changed my life in the scripture uh, recently in the last year or so is Epaphras. And I'm sure there's somebody listening to this uh, podcast named Epaphras. No, there's not. That's because awesome. his name's not, his name's pa not Paul. His name's not Luke. His name, mm -hmm. he didn't write a book in the Bible, but you know what he did? He took the church, the, the message of Jesus and planted a church in Colossae. Mm -hmm. So all that we know about in Colossians, Come on, one of the best books of the Bible. If you can have a favorite book of the Bible, I don't, I mean, if it's all God breathed in the Word of God, then we shouldn't have a favorite, right? But if it weren't for Epaphras, who knows? I mean, God's sovereign in all things. But he heard about Jesus in Ephesus through Paul, took it back to his hometown, started telling people about Jesus. Next thing you know, there was a church there. He kept serving Paul. He was a part of a team. So if you go to Colossians chapter four and you read about Tychicus and Aristarchus mm -hmm. and Nympha and the church in their house, you're like, come on. That was a we. Wow. So Paul might have wrote the book, but it was a we. And so we don't need to try to compete to get on the title page. We just need to be happy that we're a part of a story that is still being celebrated to this day. And in heaven, there's going to be a lot of like, come on, man. <laughs> Thank you, Tychicus, for carrying the letters for Paul, because if it weren't for you, that letter would have never got there. And so we is, if, you, if you're willing to humble yourself to be a part of a we, then you're going to be a part of much greater things. Mm -hmm. I love the quote that says, it's amazing what 
can be accomplished when it doesn't matter who gets the credit. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I would have said that. Come on. I wish that would have been my quote. Brett, you, you said it like without saying it, that was your whole, you know, crux of what you were saying. And I just think that one of the things that team members can all do as it relates to we, and as it relates to this vision that God's given us is everyone can bring their best. And I, I love the phrase door holder. Um, I think that that's just a beautiful thing that we get to hold the door for others and open the door. And then there's people like that are fanatical about design and graphics or room dynamics or visual experience or photos and videos. And the kingdom of God is big enough for all of those gifts. I love how you said Mm -hmm. the body, you know, like there's one head. So at times we might need to knock off the flesh of like, trying to compete to be the elbow. But one of the, the parts of the body that's really cool is like pathos, ethos, and logos, words, environments, and feelings. And um, I know that unique design, or you called it like excellence, bringing your best is something that every team member can do in the Capital C Church. And it's something that really passion's called to carry, whether it's a Good Friday video that starts one way and then ends the other way, or walking in the bathrooms and every woman is told you're beautiful, um, or the Jesus is life walk. Can you just talk about maybe excellence or the small things done well and the significance of that? Yeah, no, that's great. For us, it is a value that we design everything. Those are uh, three words to encompass that value because God does deserve our best. Mm -hmm. And we want what we do to reflect the God in whom we serve. And he's a God of beauty. He's a God of creativity. He's a God of excellence. And so why should the parking lot be dirty when you pull in on a Sunday morning? Again, Mike, it's to your point, I'm scrubbing toilets and I'm like, well, your environment reflects not just on you, but your values and the God, which you serve. And so we, uh, we don't always get it right, but you know, and, and pastor Louis helped even help make me more aware of things, but we, have a street in front of our 515 location at church and it's a street that's close to one of our uh, public transportation trains marta right and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of walking down our street and uh, typically on a sunday morning there's a lot of litter and so people are just chunking burger king or wendy's or who knows what out the window but on sunday mornings before people show up we have people not just cleaning our parking lot but cleaning the trash on the entire street because wow. granted we can't go clean the trash in all of atlanta on a sunday morning and get every route to church <laughs> but it we could extend the boundary a little bit and wow. so when you pull onto our street you could see maybe a little bit different like these people are bringing their best yeah. these people are trying to make an impression and we've heard story and story and story after when people walk into our building that the Holy Spirit's already moving in their life. Because some people, the worship might speak to them. But for a lot of people, the door holder that they encounter in the parking lot is going to speak to them first, right? That's their first interaction. So true. But some people, they really, they, they feel God's you know, moving their heart through beauty and through creativity and through inspiration. And so it just kind of heightens the awareness of something as special is happening. You know, for me, I'm real passionate about the um, expectation level in the room. And so if you're leading, I know we're in COVID, not everybody gets to meet right now. But if you're leading a young adult ministry, I, you got to be careful that it's not fake and it's yep. not hype. Yep. But you, if you would be intentional about, as the pastor, I want to get in five minutes before the gathering 
And I want to have my heart ready to worship, right? right? Because when I bring the word, I want the people to be ready to receive it Mm -hmm. with their Bibles open, their phone out, their journal on, not slouched back and just being like, what are you going to do to entertain me? But I, so therefore as a, as maybe the speaker or one of the pastors, I got to show up before worship and go, I prepared my heart. I'm ready to bring my praise to God. I'm on the front row, not so I can have a reserved seat so I can set the tone. And maybe yes. not everybody rolled in ready to bring an offering of praise, but hopefully some people did. And when that, when, when enough people do, mm-hmm. and it's about bringing praise to God, you want worship to go off. You want people to get into that song. It starts in the heart anyway, you know, and if it's, if it's hype, people will see that and they won't like it. But I think environments is really, really important and being very intentional about what we're welcoming people into. That is spot on. And when you said leaders set the tone, mm-hmm. that is so true in environment, in word, in deed, in action. And I remember going to the Passion Camp um, and, and that's where I met you and we're, we're in Florida. And I sat, it happened to be right behind your leader and uh, Pastor Louie and Levi Lusco is giving the message. Louie and Shelly are right there. And your pastor is like taking notes and underlining in the book of Ephesians things that stand out to him. And so I think that just, I just want to say that because that embodies what you're describing exactly. Like it could have been a, I need to take a break. I'm busy. I'm tired. But here he is. He's Mm -hmm. thinking about like, how does this apply to his life? And I think that when you say like leaders set the tone, that's something that made a mark on me. And I think it can make a mark on other leaders as well. That's so good. And I just think about the word that you said was entertain. I don't want to just sit back and pastor, entertain me. I want to engage. And Brad, this is the point of the interview or our fun little episode where you get to do both. You get to engage the listener, but you Uh-oh. also get to entertain <laughs> us right now. So Uh-oh. we have five Uh-oh. minutes. Five and five, our goal is to ask you five rapid fire questions. You get to answer five questions in less than a minute each. Are you up for the task? Well, you're getting really bossy and like giving me all these rules. So like, what happens if I go over a minute? Like, am I in trouble? Do y'all kick me off? Do you I will be late for your next meeting. I'm okay with that, but okay. I don't know if you are. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. I'm ready. I'm all ready. right. Pastor Brad, if you could describe yourself in three words, what would they be? Um, competitive, <laughs> relational, and extremely funny. So I'm good. kidding about that last one. Yeah. I was going to have a fake laugh ready. <laughs> no, I was kidding. <laughs> so good. Okay. Here's the curveball. early on in this home run derby. If you could ask us one question today, it could be any question. What would it be? Best and most challenging thing about marriage. Ooh. Okay. I would say the best is that we get to do ministry together. Yeah. Um, each and every single day. The biggest challenge is that how we've had to wrestle and navigate the separation of um, when does ministry um, not become the only topic in our household from our students to thinking and planning and all that. So trying not to, yes, we're pastors 24 seven, but how do we be uh, married Mike and Josiah versus brainstorming how to create a new form of ministry or a new idea. So that's, 
the friend and foe, I guess, that I would say. It's really good. It was over a minute, but it was very good. <laughs> oh my gosh. Easy. I didn't even get a ticket. So I'll take a 30-second stab at it. I'll say the best part is, like, I dreamed my whole life of being married. And so to have that vision, if you will, become a reality is, like, a joy and a delight to do life together as an adventure. I just love the word adventure. And Micah's an adventure in a cup. She's just so fun that way. The hardest thing about marriage is I think that, you know, I was 25 years old when I got married. And so there was 25 years of, I lived in a different house. I, I had a different upbringing than her. And the melding of that, I think it's like, I had some rough edges that the Holy Spirit needed to come and make smooth. <laughs> and that's painful sometimes. Well done. Well done. All right, Brad, this is another curveball. So I feel like the Holy Spirit, I uh, speaking to ask this question. So this was not in your notes, but if God were writing the Bible and he was telling the story of your character, what would that story be saying about your life? Um, wow. I've never been asked that question. Um, I think by no means do I have it all together. Right. Uh, am I in process? And he's been very gracious to me. And a lot of what I've gotten to do doesn't make a lot of sense. But God has uh, graced me in an incredible way to get to be a part of some incredible things around some incredible people standing on a lot of awesome people's shoulders. You know, right. I think about um, my mom. Uh, I grew up in a, uh, my parents divorced. My mom worked two or three jobs to just help us get by. My dad's amazing. And he's been a big part of uh, my life as well. But I just, I even think about the way that my, you know, my family dynamics worked to be who I, to make me who I am today. It, it just looking back, you see God's faithfulness in my life. That's fun. Beautiful answer. Well done with the curveball, Brad, would you be willing to share maybe a, an embarrassing story or a funny moment? You can take it any direction you choose, but that you've had at say passion conference. Well, one of the best, and it actually, it wasn't embarrassing on me, but it's very funny. And I, it's going to do it in a, less than a minute, but it was a, recently a famous TikTok, I believe, because uh, there was one year we decided we wanted to do something fun at lunch. And this is going to go over a minute, but like the night, it wasn't like all planned out. Like the night before, the night after night one, we were having our program production meeting for the next day. And Shelly is like, hey, let's do something fun during lunch. And I'm like, Brad, what are you going to do? And I'm like, hey, this fun, it's, I don't know. It's the night. We're, I mean, we're already in the middle of conference. So the next morning, I'm like, fun, fun, fun. Like, what if we do a blind date on stage? And so there's 20,000 people, right? Yeah. And what if we bring a random guy and a random girl and set them up a romantic dinner on stage eating Jason's Deli in front of everybody? <laughs> and then we, we, we gave them a few, we like brought it out nice, like candlelit, nice trays, like, and then we asked them questions, like, how'd the conversation go? How was the date? Can you see anywhere, see this going anywhere? No lie. Well, there was three conferences that year. So we actually did three blind dates, but one of the couples got married. 
Stop. We introduced them on stage in a blind date and they got married. And I'm like, my work here is done. The Lord has used me. <laughs> God does work in you never know. ways, right? You never know. Oh, but they asked, let's be honest, they asked Louie to do the wedding and not me. And I'm like, Louie didn't introduce y'all. I introduced y'all on stage. Two of those subs together. <laughs> I'm like, at least let me be the ring bearer or something, you know? I don't oh, know. that's too funny. All right, Pastor Brad, we've come to the final and fifth question. If you could tell a group of college pastors and young adult ministry leaders one thing, what would you leave them with today? Yeah, God had put this on my heart uh, for today. Um, what we are responsible for is faithfulness. Mm. And God's responsible for capacity and rewards and opportunity and, and all that happens, you know, with our life. What we can control is our faithfulness. And I even think about when Paul was telling Timothy, I read this yesterday and it was really encouraging to me. He told him, uh, Timothy to hold on to faith and a good conscience and fight the battle. And that's what ministry is. It's not trying to get more Instagram followers, more speaking invites, a bigger crowd, uh, trying to compete and compare with all the other young adult ministries. We're in a fight, people. Yeah, we're in a fight against the gates of hell for the salvation and the souls of these young adults. And so let's remember why we're doing what we're doing and let's hold on to our faith in God. Let's keep a good conscience. Why what you're talking about, Josiah, remember why we're doing what we're doing Mm -hmm. and let's stay faithful in the fight and not give up when things get hard or when things aren't going well. God can worry about place and rewards and capacity and all that stuff we can control our faithfulness and let's stay focused on that pastor brad that's amazing we just want to say thank you so much for that word right there as well as for joining us today guys you can find out more about brad jones passion movement and passion city church when you connect with us across social media and our website at youngadults.today thanks so much guys Thanks for listening to today's conversation on the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Plug me in. I'm all wired up right now. Plug me in. I'm getting charged up right now, yeah.